Welcome back to Unapologetic and Free. We are sisters by blood and friends by choice. It has been a long time, right, since we've recorded. Exactly. I think the last time we recorded was spring break. So, no, actually we did. We did it after we came back from spring break. We did the relationship episode with um, special guest Shalanda towards the end of April. That's right. I forgot about that. The different types of relationships there are. Yes. So we've been on a break, not a new season. We're still in our first season, but we just went on a break. And so now we're coming back for the fall. And so we're excited <laughs> to um, be here. Um, Cause it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. I like that yellow shirt you have on. It's actually a lime green, but because of the lighting, it looks yellow. So, but I'll take it because you know yellow is my favorite color. So, <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. And now, what does it say on it? It says "Women Loving Jesus." Women loving Jesus. Okay. So, did you buy it in the store, or somebody made it? I actually got it from my church. Um, this is a shirt that was made from Victory Gospel Chapel. Um, they do different sayings on t-shirts. And so I just bought it. It was actually on sale. They were doing like a clearance. And so I got one. And then my husband has one that says men loving Jesus. <coughs> okay. Twinning, twinning, the Peter's twinning. trying to twin. His is like a, I don't know, a regular green, like the traditional green color. And then it has the black letters. And yours is more of a what? Lime green. It's Lime like a green. neon green. Wow. It looks yellow. <clears throat> All right. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm excited. Me too. All right. So what are you watching? Truthfully, I have been watching reruns. So I have been watching Chicago Med. I started from season one and I just have, have been binge watching that. Um, but what I can say is I'm excited about tonight because Queen Sugar is coming back for the new season. Hey. The new episode airs tonight. So that's what I plan to be watching moving forward. What about you? Okay, so <clears throat> I'm still watching. Actually, I started a new series. Um, I'm watching... 90 Day Fiance the other way. So um, I was watching 90 Day Fiance. And so 90 Day Fiance is where you have Americans that are trying to get their uh, boyfriend or girlfriends or fiancés over to the U.S. on the K-1 visa. Now, 90 Day the other way <laughs> is where the American is going to the other person's country trying to get residents. So oh, it's the reverse. I didn't even know they had that. Because I right. used to watch 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> but I didn't know they had it the other way. That's cool. <laughs> they have actually a whole bunch of series within that 90 day. Um, and I'm also watching um, 90 Day Diaries. Okay. And then they just ended with the 90 Day Fiance. So, And um, I'm still watching Dr. Pimple Popper. I watched the reruns and stuff, but they do. <laughs> you and that and pimple, pimple popper. I just cannot understand. <laughs> and I watched a spinoff, which is called My Feet Are Killing Me. So it's from the aspect of people who have podiatry issues okay. and how they have to have surgeries and stuff and they correct them. 
So, so I just want to, I want to interject because as I'm talking and I'm thinking about literally what am I watching? We, my husband mostly, but we watch old stuff. Like we watch old shows that came on like old Law and Order, old SVU. <laughs> like I said, I'm watching old Chicago <laughs> Meds. And it's like, we have cable. We have cable, Netflix, Hulu, all of these things. But for some reason, we choose to watch the old reruns and stuff. And so I just think that's crazy. Another thing is because I just hate commercials so much, or it's like when you start watching something, you want to keep watching. And so I think I might actually let Queen Sugar build up because I can watch it on demand. I think, I hope I can. And then, then I can watch a couple episodes at a time. So I'm not like left hanging, trying to wait till the next week. I can just save up and have a couple of them that I can watch at once. <laughs> binge watcher. Binge watcher. Cause I just want to get back to back. So <laughs> that's what I'm watching. <laughs> All right. So what All are right, we talking so about today? I'm watching. <laughs> All right. So what All are right, we talking so about today? So we are going to be talking about unapologetic and free to grieve. Um, grief, we are doing this topic again, coming back from break. We just wanted to come, you know, there's a lot of things going on, but we'll get into that. Um, and so today, this episode is going to be geared towards grief. All right. And what is grief? So grief is not an illness or a mental health problem. Grief is a natural part of life. And that was a quote from um, Julie Kaplow, which is um, a psychologist. And she says, grief is a normal and natural response to a loss, whether it be a parent, sibling, grandparent, or a friend. Okay. So it's interesting in that definition, it says loss, right? So it's a loss of a friend or so when we say loss, though, do you, did, did it go into any detail of what, about what kind of loss or just loss in general? Just loss in general. But we'll talk about it as we go further, the different types of losses. But it actually, if you think about it, it did say it said a parent, a sibling, or a friend. And now that I think about it, you could even put in their pets. Okay, you yeah. Know? People lose their I'm pet. Not a pet person, but absolutely know a lot of people who treat their pets like their children. Although, right. even though I don't have pets, and this is totally off topic, but you know, Jaden wants a pet, and I always keep telling him, like, you want a dog or you want this. I said, but it's like having a child. I said, we have to be responsible. I said, if we go out of town, we got to make sure we have somebody that can take care. We got to feed. We got to do all of these things, so I can understand why pets are like children and why people can be attached to their pets. Right, because you have to provide for them because they cannot provide for themselves. That's so right. that was a great analogy about, oh, like children, because they are. We got to right. do the which, same things. Which is why I choose not to make that commitment if I'm not ready to make the full commitment. And just me personally, I know that I'm not ready to make that commitment. So that's why I always say, no, we can't get a dog. No, we can't get a cat because I'm not. And I don't even want to be, I don't even want the possibility to have to be responsible for it because I already know that I don't want to. And that's just being honest and unapologetic. I just don't want the responsibility of taking care of a pet. But your husband has some soon-to-be pets. 
Yes, possibly. Which are low maintenance to a certain degree. Oh, oh, the fish tank. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which those are pets. Right. So let's talk about what is the first memory you have concerning death? And as far as I know personally, um, the first thing I can trace back to death is when my grandmother passed away. So my dad's mom passed away, I believe, when I was around in the sixth grade, either going to the sixth grade or somewhere in the sixth grade, she passed away. Now, the interesting thing is that all I remember is that she passed away. I don't remember going to a funeral I don't know if there was a funeral. I'm, obviously there was, but I'm saying I don't remember anything except being told that my grandmother passed away. Okay. Now I have the exact same memory of our grandmother passing away, like you stated, which is our father's mother. I remember being 14 years old and I remember actually being in the driveway of our, in the yard of our house at our house when I was told, and it really didn't, it was kind of like, oh, okay, she's gone. But it wasn't until the funeral is when it actually impacted and it hit me. And I remember crying and stuff. And I remember that was the very first time I had ever seen a dead body in a casket. And I remember walking around and when I came to, I couldn't do it. I like, I remember, I should have been in a long jump because I remember jumping from the casket because it was at victory. And I remember jumping from the casket into the front pew into somebody's lap. Like, no, I can't do this. I can't. And I don't know know why I don't have those memories. Even at sixth grade, I feel like I, if that was even when, because like I said, I don't even know for sure. Um, But um, I don't know. I just don't have any memories of it. I just know that that was the first time I can remember when someone passed away. Um, but I know recently, um, just recently, maybe just a couple weeks ago now, um, my son's father passed away. Um, but I know recently, um, just recently, maybe just a couple weeks ago now, um, my son's father passed away suddenly unexpected completely came out of nowhere um told i mean just did not see it coming and so um that's kind of you know and we know covid's going on we a lot of people just personally like co-workers just friends of people have been suffering loss <laughs> but for me personally that is it, it got close when he passed away and it just kind of got me to thinking about grief grief from me grieving as We used to be married, so let me say that too. So that's an ex-husband. So grief from this ex-husband who we still had a relationship. We had a child together, but then having to grieve for my son who now no longer has his father um, and he's 11 and not knowing. And and again, we'll get into that later. But just recently, I just feel like there's been a lot of death around me, but close to home really hit home with him passing away so suddenly. And I understand that because... For me, it's like the past three weeks, I have lost somebody that had an impact on my life one way or the other. Um, The very first one was the ex-boyfriend. His mom passed away. And so she's been in my life and was a mother figure for the past 26 years. 
because um, I met her when Trey was about like eight months old. And so she just recently died. Then the following week, it was, you know, Jaden's dad dying. And then this morning, I wake up to find out that a really close co-worker, her mother, passed away. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like three weeks in a row. And so I thought that this was a really good episode when we were talking about it, because last week, one of my students hadn't been at school. And I was like, when he finally came back, I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I lost my cousin. And I was like, I'm sorry to hear that. And he was like, he, he, how can I say this? Uh, I asked him, how did he die? And he said suicide. So I do know that we no longer say this term for people. We don't say committed suicide anymore. Okay. So what we say is death by suicide. Okay. And the um, reason do you have it? Okay. I was going to say, can you enlighten me on why they changed that? Okay. So the reason I listen to a lot of podcasts and things, and the reason they changed the verbiage is, because when you say somebody committed something, that means that it was a crime. Because mm -hmm. back in the old days or earlier days, it was a crime to perform um, suicide because it was a religious thing. So now it's not a crime. So now they say death by suicide as yeah. opposed to committed. So you're taking that negative connotation of committing something because committed means that you know that something is wrong so you say they die by suicide okay that's interesting fact to know right because you know I almost said oh he committed no 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 <laughs> sorry you know right. better because you've been listening and right. so um this was I thought that that was a really good thing because I was listening to the podcast and the podcast is called the code of pedagogy. So it's about teaching different teaching strategies, but this latest episode wanted to talk about how do you get students to deal with suicide? Oh, okay. You know, be with, especially with everything that's been going on with COVID and, and right. kids. So are, I was going to ask that um, of the, deaths that we've experienced recently, would you say any or half or all of those were COVID related? Some were, some weren't? I would say they were COVID related. And in my case, I still don't know yet. I, I have not got any death definitive that it was, so I can't say for sure. Um, but one of the points I brought up is because, again, dealing with grief and even in, now, it's not just about COVID, right? People are still dying from heart attacks. People are still dying from natural causes. Exactly. And so when we put, it's, it's not just COVID related, you know, although it seems like everything right away, oh, was it COVID? Was it COVID? Was it COVID? And that, but, yes, that but is it's so not true. always just COVID, right? You have to ask now, and that's the it's it's COVID is becoming the norm now. Right. You it's ask like why do we why does it matter? I, I'm, I'm and I'm just asking why does it matter if they died of COVID or not? Is it so that we? I mean, to to say what to give emphasis on COVID or why do we feel like even now we need to know whether it was COVID related? Because we know that uh, for me, the people were in good health prior to COVID. 
you know, one of my my friends, her mom, she was running marathons at, you know what I'm saying, at like 70 years old, running marathons. And so it's like in excellent shape. And then now she's gone. So it's like, okay, what was it COVID? It's like people are being taken a lot sooner than what they would have been pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Okay. All right. So I hear a lot about these five stages of grief. Yes. So I was happened to be talking to my student. I was actually talking to my advisory class about um, this five stages of grief. And so the first one is denial. Second one is isolation. Third is anger. Four is bargaining. Five is depression. And six is acceptance. Now, the, the, the crazy thing about this is the, the stages, yes, there are stages, but you're not going to hit those stages in numerical order. Okay. They're going to go, they're going to be all over the place. You, the first one says denial. You might actually start off with anger. Then anger might lead you into denial. Then denial might lead you into depression. And then depression will lead you into isolation. And then, or there's some, or bargaining. And I thought about bargaining. What, what, what does that really mean, bargaining? Right. You know, like, and I had to think about it. I was like, okay, you know, you hear sometimes like, oh, God, they'll say, take me instead of this person. They have, right. you know, so that's. Or bring, or bring them back and take me kind of. Correct. So okay. that's that bargaining that they're, you know, thinking like, oh, they need to give up something to get the person back. Do you and think that the do you think that the bargaining would play more if somebody's about to die? Let's say they got they were given like 24 hours to live and they know they're gonna die. So in the process of the person dying, do you think it would be more bargaining going on or or you still feel like it's after the person is gone? there's still this place where people try to bargain to get them back or to go with them? That's a very good point because, you know, I think it's more of, like you said, like before they start bargaining. Because, you know, we've seen examples in movies and stuff and they're like, oh, take me in place of this right. person or why them, not me, you know, as if that person's life is not as, you know, valuable as the person you know and it's just death we know is a you live you die and there's no time frame as to when you know you're going to go when it's time is time you know time may, waits for no man um i think for me out of those five stages, when I think about the loss that and the grief, denial was definitely for me the first stage because in all of the times looking back, the first thing I said was no, like disbelief, like no, this isn't true. Like, no, this didn't really happen. This can't really be happening, right? Like even after you hang up or you get the phone call, right? And you hang up, but you, you still want somebody, I still felt like, okay, I'm gonna get the call and say, okay, no, it was a mistake. 
right? That part of that denial I can feel and, and that I definitely experienced in just recent death and just in looking over time to where I found out or heard about somebody passing away. I definitely did um, the denial part. Um, the other one out of those five, I would say that I can think of relevantly is maybe a little bit of depression about the depression of the person no longer being here and the mm -hmm. depression of why did this have to happen to this person? Why now? And, you know, that aspect of the depression, just feeling like hopeless, because sometimes in depression is that hopelessness that we feel yes. that I can't do anything about what happened and it causes me to feel some type of way. But then going into the acceptance, right, of, OK, this is really happening acceptance for me is when the funeral like because for me once I'm at the funeral then as a I, I'm a black and white typical person so I view things in a black and a white so once I'm at this funeral and I'm looking at this person that's the acceptance for me it's no longer you know any question because now I'm seeing it right and you know something that I I, I maybe this falls into depression where you, what word am I looking for? Um, oh, it starts with the R. Oh, not rejection, not remorse, but let me explain and then maybe you can give me the word. Like you regret. Regret. Okay. You start regretting because then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should have reached out more. How come I didn't? Or I got, you know, what? But then I think regret could probably be included with the depression. Right. Because I was going to say the, the the regret is what would cause you to, again, that helplessness, that hopelessness of like, man, I could have did more. I should have did more. Or how come I didn't this? How come I didn't that? And then when you have those thoughts that can cause depression, right? That can cause you to feel depressed and down and sad about the situation and the person no longer being here. Right. And I was just like, wow. Because I know for me with, with, um, you know, my friend's mom, it, I, you know, just kept saying, oh my God, like, why? Like, you know, right. like I didn't reach out to her. I didn't, you know, but she, you know, and I was like, but she knew, you know, I cared about and I loved her, but then it came back to say, but how long ago was it that you, right. you know, told her, you know, that you loved her, that you cared about her or whatever. And it's kind of, it leaded back to it why I'm like, okay, I got to give people their flowers, why they are here, why they can, you know, receive and accept the love that, you know, I have for them so that I know that they know, I know that they know that I do, you know, love right. and care about them. <laughs> right. Um, so I did some research about kind of grief in adults and I didn't go into a whole lot but I just wanted to pull something out that I found that was interesting and it says seven according to the Mayo Clinic it says seven steps for managing grief and loss within adults right so number mm -hmm. one is give yourself permission to feel and it says grieving is a normal part of dealing with loss but you can't grieve if you don't allow yourself the opportunity be sure okay. to recognize the need to grieve and let it run its natural course. Your emotional health will be better served if you face your grief. 
And so right away, when I thought about just the recent loss of Jaden's dad, I felt like because he's an ex-husband, right? Because we're not together, but I almost felt like, am I supposed to grieve? Am I allowed to grieve? So seeing this, when it's saying, give your permission to feel, I literally had to give myself that permission to feel the loss and to be able to grieve because we were once married, right? Mm -hmm. We had a relationship. We had a child together. We were actually, we got along very well. I'm not saying we didn't talk all the time, but we had a respectful relationship and we co-parented. And so I had to give myself that opportunity and that permission to grieve. And I didn't know I was doing these things, but I felt better when I allowed myself to just go ahead and grieve and get it all out deal with, say what I needed to say. I'm thankful for my a supportive husband who allowed me to grieve and be able mm-hmm. to um, um, give my permission to feel and cry and do what I needed to do. So I was grateful for that. Number two, it says, write a letter to the deceased loved one. If you've recently lost a loved one, you can try okay. expressing your feelings through a letter. Writing a message about your emotions um, can be can aid you with coping. And healing. Okay. And healing. Then it says journal about positive memories. So this is familiar. This is similar to writing a letter, but instead you're going to do a journal about positive memories and experience that you had. And it says that that helps you focus on the good times that you had. Now I didn't do this on paper, but in my mind, I Your had mind. thoughts of the good times and I would laugh and think about some of the memories that I had of us. I mean, in our, my initial memories of him was before we even had a child, we met in the army and there's some fun times and experience that we had in the army and the military that I was able to kind of remember and have those good thoughts about him. Um, The fourth one says to talk to someone. We talk to each other, talk to a counselor, but find someone that you feel comfortable um, talking to. Then it says to understand that grief affects everybody. So nobody's exempt. It's not, you don't have to feel wrong for um, having feelings about grief. Every Grief affects everybody. Then it says lend a supportive ear to others. Maybe someone else's grief doesn't affect you in the same way or much at all. It's still important to support loved ones during their grieving process and be there to listen and comfort them. Mm-hmm. And then it says, prepare for reoccurring grief. And so this is a, a interesting one too, is because, and I'm going to look it up while I'm talking, because I posted something on the Unapologetic and Free um, Facebook page. If you guys aren't following us, please follow us on Facebook. You can do at, up, and spell out the word free, and you can find the Unapologetic and Free Facebook page. But when it says prepare for reoccurring grief, I thought about this. It was like a little meme, but somebody had, not really a meme, but just a little post. I'm trying to get it. And I'm saying that to say this, is that memories, even now, it's been about two weeks, but I still find myself kind of going back and having those thoughts or maybe days after any given moment, I would start to cry. But I found it. It says grief is so weird. One day you think of them and you don't feel so affected. You miss them, but you're okay. Another day you're, remi- you're minding your own business and something minor reminds you of them. Next thing you know, you're in tears and sad for the rest of the day. And so it's just saying, prepare for reoccurring grief. Holidays, birthdays, 
Other events can spark grief even years after the loss. So this is recent, but years from now, I could go through stages of grief. You can go through stages of grief or have memories of this person passing away. So it's subject to come back at any time. Mm -hmm. That's it? That's all I had. <laughs> that's it, that's all? That's it, that's all. That was, I mean, that I thought was relevant. I mean, because again, we can go on and on and talk about that. You're correct. Stuff, but You're correct. <laughs> I just thought that that was something interesting about adults and, and dealing with managing and coping with grief. Right. So I'm going to touch on the aspect of grief and children because you guys know I work with kids. Kids are my passion. So I'm coming from childmind.org. So kids grief differently, grieve differently. So children may go from crying one minute to playing next. Their changeable moves do not mean that they, they, they aren't sad or that they have finished grieving. Children care differently than adults or children cope differently than adults. And um, children will play and can, which can be a defense mechanism for them to prevent them from becoming overwhelmed. So this kind of helped me with, you know, my own students and stuff, even as far as them not grieving, but, you know, being silly or, you know, um, doing stuff to get attention is a way of that is deflecting whatever is going on in their life at that present time. And it's going to prevent them from um, being in their own head or becoming overwhelmed. That is so good. That is so good because it's just answering a lot of questions about, you know, Jaden and just what he's going through. And, you know, people are asking me, how's he doing? How's he doing? And I'm like, he's doing okay. But what you're saying right now, he's definitely displayed that just silliness and just playfulness. And he, he's not purposely, he doesn't know, but what you're saying about the research that, that makes sense. Yeah. So many young children may regress and start wetting the bed again or slip back into baby mode or childish mode, depending upon how old they are when they um, experience um, the loss of a loved one. That's helpful. Then it says, encourage a child grieving to express feelings. It's okay for children to express whatever emotions they are feeling. So keep that open communication with them about, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Okay. So um, I've been doing that. I've been making sure that every now and then I just ask how you're feeling. I ask if he has any questions about anything that's going on. So that's good to know. Yeah. So be developmentally appropriate. What does that mean? <laughs> Don't volunteer too much information as this may be overwhelming. But okay. try to answer their questions. So if he's coming to you asking you questions, answer his questions. Just that simple, just answer the question. Just answer his question. Okay. Now, be direct. So you got to answer his question and you have to be direct. Don't use euphemisms. Kids are literal. So don't say that the loved one went to sleep. Or the, long, the loved one is no longer with us. Or you won't be seeing them anymore. And the reason you don't want to do this is because you don't want to scare them. 
especially with the they went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Can you see how that, that would scare them? Oh, okay, well, if I don't want to go to sleep, sleep I don't want to go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. no, nah, I'm good. No, right. you got to okay. go to sleep. So you don't want to use anything that is going to cause them even to be even more overwhelmed or prevent them from doing something because of the euphemism that you use. Um, this could make them afraid. Now here's the next point, attending the funeral. So funerals can be helpful for providing closure. And you said that, you know, and a lot of times I think for me, like I said, when I was 14, it didn't really hit me that Gramp had died or she was, you know, wasn't coming back until I got to the funeral and saw her laying in the casket. And that's when it became real. So never force a child to attend a funeral. If your child wants to attend, prepare them before they go of what they're going to see. Okay. And we talked about this this morning. Explain that funerals are sad occasions and people will be crying. People will be crying. People will be laughing. It's going to be a lot of emotions and people express their emotions differently. Differently. Okay. So you have already started doing that, right? Right. I mean, we had the conversation about, right, asking him if he wanted to say anything, but I haven't had the conversation about, I, I did ask, like, had he ever been to a funeral before? He said no, but that he's seen it on TV. Um, <laughs> so, but you're right. I'm, I'm grateful for this because now it, we're going to be going next week. So it gives me time to continue to prepare him for what to for expect. For what he's going to see and what he's going to expect. And that's, those are some very valid points that I found about, I mean, you could go deeper and more. Right. Um, no, but that's also, helpful. Just on the surface, like I said, just because I'm dealing with it right now, those are some very helpful key things that I'm going to need in these next upcoming days um, as we prepare even now to get ready to go and to, to do that. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so when when we when whenever we talk about grief, something that always comes up for me um, is the difference between sympathy and empathy. What is the difference? And I need you to help me by giving me or trying to help me understand what's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Okay, so sympathy is it involves understanding from your perspective. Okay, so you're using your previous experiences to understand what the person is going through, okay? Now, empathy is putting yourself in their shoes, understanding why they are having the feelings that they're having. Okay, now here's where I struggle because when you, again, I've said earlier, I'm a black and white, I tend to be a literal, processing of things so to put myself in somebody's shoes so I'm a role player so let's try to play this out so if I'm gonna show empathy and I want to put myself in somebody else's shoes let's say somebody tells me that their family member is in the hospital so to mm-hmm. put myself in their shoes I literally have to think okay if my child was in the hospital how would I feel first exactly. right yeah and then And then do you go a step further to say, okay, now how would I want people to respond or, 
or it's just simply how would they feel? So how do how would I feel if my child was in the hospital? Because see, the last part that you said as far as how you would want them, because everybody wants different things. Okay. They respond different. And we know that based upon, you know, the love languages. Right. What okay. works for me is not going to work for you. So what I would suggest is putting yourself in their, I mean, in their um, shoes, but then offering that listening ear. Because sometimes you don't have to say anything. Just okay. listen. So you say, if you're, if you need to talk, I'm here. Yes. Okay. And if then sympathy. Talk, it don't matter what you want to talk about. If you need to talk, I'm here. Okay. And sympathy is literally, I feel sorry for you. Like, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I'm sorry that your child is in the hospital, or I'm sorry that your loved one passed away. Um, and I'm giving you my condolences. Yes, yes, because you never want to say you'll get through this. You know what I'm saying? That's the trigger sometimes. Because again, we just learned with the five stages of grief. Like you're gonna go through different stages, and there is no time limit on how long it's going to take you to get over it as they would say not i don't want to be you know but get over it It, it, you don't know how long it's going to take you know some people is going to be right away but then again you made a very valid point when you said that right now you could be good but then later on down the line some years and now it comes back up you know so even with that you may end up you know reaching one of these stages that you you have to go through all of them. You're just not going to go through them at the same time. Or, right, you right. know, you may stay in one for longer than somebody would suggest. You know, oh, you've been depressed for whatever. But then you can move out of that depression and then go back to, you know, anger. Right. So I guess that brings me to the next question is how do you support others going through grief? Is there a right or wrong way to support somebody going through grief? I think it's based upon a relationship that you have with the person that's going through the grief or the loss. You know, um, you just want to let people know, hey, I'm here for you. Um, I love you. You're not alone. Okay. And then let them, because I know lately just I've seen some people who've gone through some things and their response has been, you know, it's too many calls, it's too many texts, right? So if you see that, then it's like, okay, they're expressing that the call, they don't want calls, they don't want text messages, they don't want any questions, just let them have their time, right? But I guess where it gets tricky for me is when do you know, so how do you know when to reach out and and feeling like this person might think you don't care because you haven't called or because you haven't texted, but yet you've seen them express openly, let's say through social media, that they don't want the calls and the texts. But then how again, do you know? I feel like it goes back to the type of relationship you have with that person prior to them losing someone okay so if you ain't talked to them 
on a regular before they lost, you know, you could still express, hey, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, I'm praying for you and your family, whatever. And then, you know, keep a keep a pushing. And then they it may drop back in, you know, your spirit to say, hey, you know what? Let me reach out to this person to just let them know, hey, um, you know, I'm still here if you, you know, need the talk. And um, how are you? Okay. All right. Cause I think I'm just harder on myself, you know, and sometimes we're our own worst critic. Right. Yeah. And I just think that I'm just hard on myself sometimes. Cause I just feel like I'm not doing enough, but I've said this before for me, what I do know to do is pray for people. That's my personal belief is that the best thing I can do for anybody in any situation is just pray for them and praying for somebody doesn't have to involve them. I can pray for them as often, as many times as I, as I want to pray for them throughout the day. And it, I don't have to ever say a word to them. And so I always find that peace and that resolve when I don't know what to do. I know, I know. that I can pray for the person. And that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Because people be needing that. Or just to say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. But I think you need to be... For me, it's like, I don't like just saying I'm praying for you. I'll say I'm praying for your strength. I'm praying for your peace of mind. I'm praying for... Be specific. Be specific. Right. Right. Because it's so cliche sometimes. Oh, I'll be praying for you. But are you really, you know, sometimes like, but are you really praying for the person? Are you just saying I'll be praying for you? But like you said, you're not really praying. Or if you are, what are you praying for? What are you praying for? I always pray for that peace and that comfort to just get them through strength. So those are key ones. Peace, comfort, and strength. Because you they need peace of mind. They need to be comforted in whatever they're going through. And then you need that strength to get through whatever you're going through. So And a financial blessing. Because again, you don't know the situation. That is true. Them is the go-wins, you know? I'm praying that all your needs and your wants be met. Right. All right, so I want to change it up a little bit right before we um, end this um, episode. And I want to talk about this. Do you believe that grief can take place in a loss of a friendship? Nobody died, but the friendship ended. Let's say you used to be cool or used to talk to somebody and you guys are no longer friends. And let's just say the other person decided to end the friendship and you didn't want the friendship to end. Do you think that you grief can take place or that a person can grieve a, a loss of friendship? Absolutely, because loss is an ambiguous word. Like we talked about in the beginning, like loss of a spouse, loss of a parent, loss of a child, loss of a pet, loss of friendship. Even so far as loss of a job, yeah. you can grieve the loss of a job. So grief comes in different areas of our life. So it doesn't necessarily have to be attached to a physical. Because I say that because even thinking about the five stages of grief, when I think about a friendship that I felt like I lost, right? And for me, it was loss of, Let's say somebody unfriended me on Facebook, but this was somebody who I consider to be very close to me, right? And, and, and so the initial denial of, wait, this person unfriended me? Like, what? 
And first of all, when I realized that the person unfriended me, right? So now I'm in denial, like, wait, mm-hmm. okay. So this is a sign that I thought we were okay, but we're not okay if I got unfriended, right? <laughs> and so then the, the for me, it was a stage of depression of just thinking about, okay, so something, this person whom I used to be able to just kind of call or text or talk, shoot the breeze, no, that person's no longer there. We're not in that place. It, I felt some type of way. I felt the depression of not having that person who I could talk to and, and deal with on a, a regular basis. And so then I feel like I went through the, and I don't know on my heart, but I know I went through the um, anger. acceptance, anger. Yes, definitely anger, like mad now. Like I didn't think, you know, I'm friend, we've been through other things, right? Let's say we've been through some other things and the person never took it this far, but mad that the person just, you know, and, and a lot of it, I'll be honest, unapologetic and free. It was an ego thing. Like you unfriended me. Like you don't want to be friends with me. That was where my <laughs> anger was. I was mad. Like, how dare you not want to be my friend anymore? How dare you unfriend me? Like it was the end of the world. I felt like, like I said, in that, like a death had taken place. And then I got to that acceptance of, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. It, all things happen for a reason, I, all that seasons and whatever I had to do to right, rationalize right, right. where I was able to come to this acceptance. But then every now and then when we talk about how it'll come back, like thinking about those memories of all oh, well, things we did together or Facebook is the devil sometimes. And it brings up those memories and those yes, pictures it does. of you and yes. the person that you're no longer cool and you can't even share the memory because y'all not cool no more, right? And so I felt that. And so I just wanted to throw that in there just to see how you felt and just to make bring that to the light, that grief, you can grieve the loss of a, like I said, when you go through divorce or when you lose a friendship or when you lose a job, right? Especially if, you didn't lose the job by your choice. What if you got fired, right? What if they let right. you go, laid off, right. definitely. So absolutely, when we talk about grief, we want to consider that it's not just when someone dies, but it's when you feel you lose something. And also too, you made a very valid point. It's like the whole is said, attend the funeral to get closure. So you still didn't, you don't have any closure in the relationship of why it's lost or why it didn't. So those emotions start coming back because it's like, I didn't get no closure. I don't understand, you know, why this is happening. Right. But in the steps of how to manage it now, had I known this then, I could have wrote the letter to, even if I never gave it to the person, I could have wrote the letter to do how I felt. I could have journaled about, you know, whatever was happening or, you know, or talk to someone. I definitely did talk to you. (laughs) So I definitely talked to my husband. So I got that whole talking to someone part. But I also want to add this in too, um, as we're getting ready, because we've been on here a while. But talking to someone, means professionally sometimes sometimes we need come on now talk about it we need to talk to a professional someone who's gone to school and someone who's licensed and who has tools and tips and coping mechanisms that you can use to help you get through whatever you're going through and that's not just grief we are mental health advocates we are counseling advocates we believe in getting counseling we we believe in seeking help so don't just limit 
um, talking to a professional when it's grief or, but if you're not right, if you feel like you need to talk to someone, please don't, don't be ashamed. Be unapologetic and free. And to free. Some professional to say, help. I need help. I need help. There's plenty of information out there. We've shared it before. I'll make sure that at the end of this, I will put those mental health websites, those phone numbers, those suicide prevention. Um, and we'll try to put some of these information, maybe even the five stages of grief, I'll try to put in there just so you guys can have some resources um, and not just us sitting here talking, but you'll know where you can get that information from yourself. Exactly. I think this was a good session. Yes, I'm glad this to was like that. therapy as well, you right. know, for us. And as we always say, we're always looking for topic ideas. Please send us your comments. You can either post on the YouTube comment. You can do a Facebook page, message us. Again, we always put the email. Send us your feedback. Tell us what you want to talk about. And again, also, if you're interested in being a guest, we are interested always in being a guest. You right, are welcome to join the show because we like to talk. And again, we just want to hear some other perspectives and talk about some things. You have anything else, Charney? No, I do not. Do you have anything else, Lakia? I don't. I just want to say thank you again. I'm excited that we're doing this and stay tuned for future episodes. See you soon. Thanks for the invite. This chicken is good, but it's missing something. I got just what you need. What? JLP pleasing barbecue sauce. What flavors do you have? Blazing hot, Cajun spicy, honey, lemon pepper, original sweet and sour, and tropical twist. My favorite is lemon pepper. It will go great with that. Mmm, this is good. How do I order? Just call 210-318-6356 or visit jpsoulfoodkitchen.com.